At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Christian Outlook, the weekly radio program that sorts through the issues in our fast-changing world in a way that honors your Christian faith. Brought to you in partnership with our sponsor, the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. This week... A brutal and barbaric attack from the terror group Hamas. Israel will win this war. And when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. President Biden responds. This is an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered. We'll hear from Joel Rosenberg in Jerusalem. More Jews have died in the last 72 hours than at any period since the Holocaust. And Albert Moeller. The reality is that many Americans simply don't have what it takes to support Israel when Israel has to do what Israel must do if the nation is going to survive. I'm Scott Furrow. Great to be with you today. I'm the host of The Pastor Scott Show, heard Monday through Friday throughout the L.A. and San Diego areas in Southern California, and available wherever you are in the nation via live stream at kkla.com, and also through the KKLA app available for Apple and Android devices. I'm coming to you from my home station of KKLA in Los Angeles. Take a moment to follow the Christian Outlook on X or Twitter at TC Outlook. That's TC Outlook. Thanks for joining us. On Saturday last week, Jews in Israel were finishing up the last of their seven-day festival of Sukkot, the holiday many of you know as the Feast of Tabernacles. The attack starts at 6.30 a.m. Israeli time. Air raid sirens blared as a barrage of rocket fire overwhelmed Israel's Iron Dome system. In the south, the border barrier was breached and upwards of a thousand Hamas terrorists streamed in. What unfolded was a horror beyond words. The death toll keeps rising. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu responded. Hamas will understand that by attacking us, they've made a mistake of historic proportions. We will exact a price that will be remembered by them and Israel's other enemies for decades to come. In fighting Hamas, Israel is not only fighting for its own people, it is fighting for every country that stands against barbarism. Israel will win this war, and when Israel wins, the entire civilized world wins. On Tuesday, four days after the worst day in modern Israel history, President Biden responded. So in this moment, we must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel. And we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. Its stated purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. They use Palestinian civilians as human shields. Hamas offers nothing but terror and bloodshed with no regard to who pays the price. For our own coverage, we'll first go to Jerusalem 
and prolific author Joel Rosenberg, an evangelical, by the way, he was a guest of Eric Metaxas. This is a nightmare, what is happening over there. Um, I'm glad we, we can reach you uh, to get your perspective on it. And what I keep saying is that the tactics used by the enemies of Israel are evil. In other words, this is not normal warfare. It is, it is evil. It is like the SS going into Poland and just murdering people in cold blood, murdering civilians in cold blood. This is what they're doing. They don't believe in playing by any kind of rules. It is, it's brutal. Obviously, they've taken many hostages. Um, where, do you, where does this go from here? Because I was not aware that Hamas was continuing to launch missiles into Israel even now. Oh, yeah. We're approaching uh, close to 4,000 missiles over the last 72 hours. That's about as many rockets and missiles were fired at Israel over a 30-day period during our last war, okay? And this is just three days in. Uh, that, that's bad enough, but you add to it what's creating the death toll here that is off the charts. More Israelis have died. More Jews have died in the last 72 hours than at any period since the Holocaust, okay? We've never had in Israel in a 72-hour period this many Jewish people die. Why? Because what's happening is uh, not only are they firing so many rockets, so many more than ever, but they, they really caught Israel completely off guard by blowing up the security fence, several sections of the security fence that was built between Israel and Gaza, and then stormed across hundreds and hundreds of Hamas uh, fighters and started slaughtering men women and children, killing children in front of their mothers and fathers, killing the mothers in front of the children. Just ghastly. You said Nazis. That's true. I would also say more recently, for people in your audience that may be a little younger, ISIS. Remember when ISIS was just cutting people's heads off and setting people on fire in cages? And this is all of this ghastly, demonic behavior has been happening in the last 72 hours. So here we are. One point is critical, Eric. There were more than 800 Israeli civilians have already been killed in the last uh, 72 hours. If you, Israel is a small country, only 10 million people. The United States is a continent, 330 million people. You guys are 33 times larger in terms of population than us. So if you, if you think about the emotional impact, I mean, 800 people, killing 800 people is, is horrible. But imagine you woke up and you were having to report that 26,000 Americans had been murdered in a 72-hour period. That's the magnitude emotionally of what we're going through right now, and we're heading towards full-scale invasion of Gaza. What, what do you believe? I mean, we, we, we know that this has been planned for a long time. Uh, this was not just, you know, some insurgent raid. This was planned for a long time. It's the 50th anniversary uh, of the 1973 war. Um, we know it took tremendous coordination uh, to do this. I assume Iran is behind that, which is like saying the Biden administration and President Obama are behind it because they've enabled this. What do you suppose is the end game? I mean, did, does Hamas believe, does Iran believe that they are now actually able uh, to wipe Israel off the face of the map? What do you suppose uh, is going to happen in the next days and weeks ahead? Well, it's a great question. There are several great points you make there, Eric. Let's just take them one by one. First, um, uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken is saying publicly that there's no evidence 
that Iran is behind, uh, the Iranian regime is behind this attack. Okay. But the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Hamas officials themselves told the Wall Street Journal and are telling others uh, that Iran was behind this. So, you know, who do you believe? Uh, there's no question that Iran is behind this. Now, what what is the end game? Uh, this is a multi-tiered strategy designed not just to kill Israelis, but to try to get Israelis to inadvertently kill Palestinians, right? We're going to go kill and capture Palestinian terrorists, Hamas terrorists. There's no question about that. The problem is that the, the, the Palestinian terrorists, Hamas, are hiding behind, number one, the civilian population of the Gaza Strip. There's two million uh, Palestinians who live there, and they're under Hamas's reign of terror. Let's be clear. Israel does not occupy the Gaza Strip. Israel's uh, prime minister in 2005 pulled all Israeli citizens and all Israeli soldiers out of Gaza. We haven't been there in almost 20 years. So this is not occupied territory, right? But it is occupied in one sense by Hamas as terrorists. So what? What? So the, the terrorists are hiding behind the human shields of their own population. That's number one. Now they have captured at least 100 Israeli hostages, men, women, and children. I saw a video today put out by Hamas on social media of small infants, Israeli Jewish infants, in cages, in dog cages is where they're keeping them. And we, you know, God only knows, uh, you know, are they planning to trade them, sell them, or just murder them and put that all on social media? But that's what, so so the, the terrorists want to lure Israel into a war. And now I don't see how we avoid it. The question is, how do we prosecute it effectively, smartly, when we know no matter what we do, the Biden administration is going to criticize us, maybe not on day one, but certainly by day 10, by day 14, they'll be saying, hey, I mean, already Secretary of State Blinken is trying to negotiate with the leader of Turkey to bring a ceasefire. A ceasefire. Can I just say that if you've got a school anywhere in America and there's a mass shooter, a mass casualty shooter in the building, you do not tell the SWAT team to do a ceasefire. You don't tell the SWAT team to de-escalate. No, you blow the guy's head off and rescue the children. But but already the Secretary of State of the pro-Israel Biden administration is telling us we need a ceasefire. No, we don't. We need our hostages back. We need Hamas eradicated. But how do you do it without it? And, and I don't think there's any other way. I think the world is going to hate us in about a month and maybe sooner. I'm telling you, we are not just going into a military battle. We are going into a public relations and, and media battle of good versus evil, kind and friendly and democratic versus evil and wicked and barbaric. And that's the that's the story. But I guarantee you that's not the story The New York Times or CNN will be reporting in the days ahead. And that's why you and I and others have got to help people understand the truth, because it's going to get messy very, very fast. Well, again, this is uh, th this is good versus evil, folks. Uh, you have to be clear. Uh, Israel does not murder uh, innocents. Israel does not go in and murder children and women. Um, they don't do that. But that's what Hamas does. That's what the enemies of Israel do. They are evil. And what they're doing is the kind of thing that you have to condemn. You have to stand against it. You have to defend yourself against it. Um, you know, when you, when you even characterize the Biden administration as being pro-Israel, to me, that's a joke, basically. You know, it, it's like somebody saying something that is meaningless. It mocks the meaning of what it be to be pro-Israel, because 
well, uh, you know, for Blink. Well, let me just say so one thing, though, Eric. As to say what he said is just astonishing to me. Yeah, but it's important to make the distinction. When I say that Biden is the most pro-Israel in the Democratic Party, the good news in that sentence is that there are forces like like uh, Bernie Sanders, who was the second most popular person in the party over the last two presidential cycles, right? Millions and millions, tens of millions of followers. He hates Israel. Uh, AOC hates Israel. Rashida Tlaib hates Israel. The whole squad hates Israel. If that faction becomes the dominant faction or the or the party as a whole, that is curtains for a bipartisan approach to Israel. So I have supported and encouraged and spoken out, look, you, we, we need Biden to be as pro-Israel as he, as he is. The problem is we always have to remember that when, you, when he blows up Afghanistan on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and he blows up Israel on the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur, like those things matter. It's, it's not intentional, but it's still horrible, right? And so, you know, I don't think the Biden administration isn't going to provide funding and arms and support, but they're doing it in reverse. They're doing it backwards like if you give six billion dollars to your worst enemy you should expect them to do more of what they've been doing which is robbing killing and destroying coming up god loves the nation of israel and he calls israel the apple of his eye we'll continue with joel rosenberg in the next segment of the christian outlook As the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy celebrates our 25th anniversary year, please watch our new promotional video based on Ronald Reagan's 1976 radio address, Shaping the World for 100 Years to Come, on our Pepperdine SPP YouTube channel. And if you know someone who's thinking about graduate school this fall, we welcome applications at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. That's publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Whether you're into running... Or running, or running, or running, or running that's actually mostly walking. Running with the Peloton tread isn't just one thing. From walks and hikes to sprint intervals, we have classes for every level and instructors to support you all the way through. Whatever you're in the mood for, we can get you in the zone. See for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Visit onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Terms apply. Wireless headphones. That'll be $200. I'll use my Capital One Quicksilver card. Now that's a hit. You used the Capital One Quicksilver card, which makes you the hero of every purchase. With Quicksilver, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. I wanted running music, but unlimited 1.5% cash back is pretty heroic. Good instincts. Every hero needs a theme song. The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Welcome back to The Christian Outlook. I'm Scott Furrow, host of The Pastor Scott Show in Southern California. It's very difficult to say what the next few days, weeks, perhaps even months will look like for our ally in the Middle East. But this much is clear. This is not like the episodes of violence we've seen from Hamas in the past. The death count, the barbarism, the raw, calculated evil are all orders of magnitude worse than anything Israel has witnessed in the past. This is different. Let's return for more of the conversation with Eric Metaxas with Joel Rosenberg in Jerusalem. What, what, what do you suppose uh, is going to be happening in the next few days? I assume that um, Israeli uh, intelligence and the Israeli armed forces are this minute 
of preparing uh, a counterattack, preparing, uh, trying to figure out how to get the hostages out, um, I cannot imagine. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, we, right now, we're in midst of the largest mobilization of the Israeli uh, army reserves, um, certainly in a generation, maybe since, maybe since the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. Uh, already more than 300,000 Israelis uh, have, been, have been called up because we're a small country, as I said, only less than 10 million people. So we don't have an active standing army like the United States, you know, is a million or a million and a half. Uh, I, I lose track uh, of how many people are in the active regular army every day, right? And then you have ROTC and, and, and Army National Guard and so forth. We, we have just the opposite. We have a small standing army, and but we mobilize people quickly. And in 72 hours, 300,000 soldiers have been, and have been called up. So what we're watching is people at every strata. Most of my friends that are under the age of 40, guys, are now moving to the front. So the question is when, how, uh, but a lot of pieces have to be put into place. And they're, what I know also, and I can tell you and report to you, is that they're really working that. Why did the ambassador get recalled, even though he's not a current ambassador? Because they're preparing for a massive onslaught diplomatically and in terms of media. So they have to be ready, not just for the actual ground and air war, right? They have to be ready for the, the digital war and the diplomacy war. And we were covering that on All Israel News, but that's why I'm grateful that you're giving this much time because in these first 72 hours, the way I see it, mostly American media has been actually quite shocked and has in fact covered somewhat sympathetically this attack. But I guarantee you, once we counter assault, Israeli Jews will look like the Antichrist in American and international media. It's an amazing thing because I don't know, you know, what you're supposed to do when um, barbarians come in and murder women and children. What are you supposed to do? Uh, what, what would anyone do? Um, you fight back. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the rational response. Um, well, that's anti-Semitism, the double standard that Jews, that Israelis, we don't get to play like Americans when we got attacked on 9-11 or the, the British got attacked or anybody else on the planet. That anti-Semitism is not just hating Jews, it's treating Jews completely different by different standards. And that's why Christians in particular, uh, we have a standard and that's the Bible. And we know, yes, God loves our neighbors, but he loves Israel. He loves the Jewish people and he has a plan. And that's why Christians need to align ourselves and say, all right, we need to stand with Israel. We have to have compassion for the Palestinians who are trapped under Hamas, right? But we, there, it, this is not a jump ball. It's not a 50-50, 49-51 decision. God loves the nation of Israel, and he calls Israel the apple of his eye, the most sensitive part, the pupil, the way he looks at the rest of the world, he looks at it through the lens of Israel. And the church needs to get this right, and unfortunately, too much of the church is currently getting it wrong. This is at least a wake-up call. Let's see uh, if people do better this time. Our nation is fast sorting through whether or not we will remain a steadfast ally to Israel. But the church is as well. History is turning on this conflict. Let's turn to our friend Albert Moeller from his briefing podcast. You know, in terms of trying to understand the world, one of the issues we have to keep in mind is magnitude. 
And by magnitude, we mean just how important a development is this? Is this going to be something we'll be talking about in a matter of days? Is it something that will just pass off the screen? Is it something that will be written down as a matter of historical importance? Is it going to become important to telling a major story about the world? As we understand what is going on right now in Israel and in the region that also includes the Gaza Strip, what we understand now is that this is a big issue. This is a major issue of magnitude. This is not just something that is going to be remembered as one of the developments of 2023. This is going to be remembered as a catalyst for changing the face of the Middle East. Now, as you think about that, you need to recognize what is taking place here. This is an attack upon Israel without precedent in a half century. But the world's changed a great deal since the Yom Kippur War in 1973. The last 50 years have seen not only the passage of a half century of time, but an incredible amount of development in the world scene. In one sense, Israel now has friends in the Middle East it did not have before. Lots of reasons for that, but the most important is named Iran. The development of Iran in recent years as a major threat to not only Israel, but to many of the other Islamic states, the Arab states in the Middle East, the looming threat of Iran has created all kinds of unprecedented opportunities for Israel to have relations with some of its former enemies. But there's another aspect to this, and it's a reminder of the fact that even the governments or the ruling families in these Arab states even as they have Muslim majorities, very clear majorities in their population, and even as many of them are defined as Islamic states, the reality is that they are also worried about Islamic terrorism. This is certainly true of the richest of these countries, which would be Saudi Arabia. It's true of the Emirates. It is true in Egypt. It is true elsewhere throughout the Middle East. So as you're thinking about Iran as a destabilizing force, you do understand that there are a lot of destabilizing forces in the Middle East. And that points to the fact that Israel stands alone in the Middle East, not only as the only state defined as a Jewish state, not only in terms of its long-term relationship with the United States and very deep connections with a large part of the American population, but Israel stands out as the only constitutional government that operates in a democratic manner and is accountable to the citizens. It is an outpost of a worldview that simply otherwise basically doesn't exist in the Middle East. And that's why the United States and Israel face so many of the same enemies. And that leads us to consider what have we learned over the course of the last few days? How has our understanding of the world, our world picture changed? And it has changed. It must change. It's changed in the sense that we understand that Israel is still under sustained attack. And even as the nation was declared by United Nations action in 1948, the reality is that much of the world has never come to accept Israel and its legitimacy. It's very important to recognize that the attack on Israel that was launched on Saturday morning was launched by Hamas. And the constitutional documents, the founding documents of Hamas, make very clear that the opposition is not to Israeli occupation of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip and etc. It is opposition to the existence of Israel as a Jewish state, period. Coming up, we're also looking at Israel doing what Israel does. It has to fight back even more fiercely than it has been hit. More from Albert Moeller 
when the Christian Outlook returns in a moment. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I start every day by reading through the stories at Daybreak Insider. In just 10 minutes, I can zip through 10 stories that help me start my day and help shape where I go with The Mike Gallagher Show. Over a quarter million people get Daybreak Insider by email daily, and it's available to you at no cost. Go to daybreakinsider.com and simply plug in your email. That's daybreakinsider.com. In five minutes, you will be the most informed person in the office. That's daybreakinsider.com. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back to The Christian Outlook, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. I'm Scott Furrow. Over the years, we have watched earlier episodes of violence from the terror group Hamas. The pattern has had a parallel. Israel fights back. Then international pressure forces them to come back to the negotiating table. Keen observers of what has started this week are not expecting that to happen this time. Let's return to Albert Moeller. So with the developments of the last couple of days very much in mind, and as of this morning, it's pretty clear that Israel has been making some progress in pushing back the attack by Hamas. But there are looming giant issues. One of them is simply named hostages. Hostages were taken by Hamas They were taken intentionally, and so it was a mixture of lethal attack and hostage-taking. And because the hostages are now, of course, under threat and forces connected to Hamas threaten to start executing these hostages, we really are looking at the temperature not going down but going up. We're also looking at Israel doing what Israel does. It has to fight back even more fiercely than it has been hit. And in the Middle East, that is exactly what Israel is understood now to be doing. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have Arab nations criticize Israel for doing what Israel has to do to preserve itself. But I want to underline some essential issues for our understanding as we as Christians in the United States try to think about what's going on in Israel and what it means for us and what it means according to the Christian worldview and what it means in the great span of history. Well, the first thing we need to understand is that Israel has every right to defend itself. Its defense is absolutely necessary and that defense deserves our support, not just our tacit prayerful support, but our explicit public support. And this goes back to Israel's history in 1948. Was the establishment of Israel the right thing or the wrong thing? That's a divisive question in world history. But insofar as Christians understand, this had to be the right thing, the establishment of Israel under the circumstances after the Holocaust in the middle of the 20th century. And of course, the historic claim, the historic understanding of Israel's link not only to land, but to that land. Israel has a right to defend itself. Like any other nation, it actually has the responsibility to defend itself. And Israel's had to do that repeatedly over the course of its history, going back to 1948. And there is actually no reason to believe, biblically, there's no reason to believe that Israel will have peace 
until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is simply a biblical worldview issue. We understand that enormous hatred is directed towards Israel. Historically, enormous hatred has been directed at the Jewish people. That is not coincidental. I would argue that our responsibility as Christians is to be a friend to Israel. That doesn't mean we agree with Israel on every point, on every policy, on every law, on every decision related to foreign policy or military affairs. It does mean that the United States has a stalwart friend committed to so many of the same values there in Israel. And we understand as well that the United Nations, in taking that action in 1948, clearly understood the moral imperative of giving a state to the Jewish people. Now, a nation state that does not defend itself ceases to be a nation state. If a state does defend itself, it has to learn how to do so in a way that is commensurate. And for Israel, that means it now faces a very direct threat that is going to require overwhelming military force. There's no question about it. It's going to be a very messy affair. One of the things Christians need to watch for is the fickleness of public opinion in the United States, because even as Israel received a great deal of public sympathy, rightly so, as the target of this attack— The reality is that many Americans simply don't have what it takes to support Israel when Israel has to do what Israel must do if the nation is going to survive. We already see the historic enemies of Israel in this country. We already see groups such as the Democratic Socialists of America and some in the Democratic Party saying what is necessary right now is a ceasefire. That is a moral impossibility. We need to understand that once you have a group like this that launches thousands of rockets against Israel and furthermore presses a land invasion by armed people who massacre Israelis by the hundreds and take others as hostages, a ceasefire under this circumstance is not only not a moral imperative, it would be an absolutely immoral act. It's going to be very interesting to see how the American media and the American political class evaluate when Israel acts as Israel must in pressing back against Hamas. To state the matter in terms of contemporary world issues, it is not at all clear that many people in the United States and in other nations, including Western Europe, have the stomach that would be necessary to defend the values that have made our own civilization possible. Right now, it's Israel that is facing this particular test, certainly in terms of the front lines, but it's just important for us to remember We're not very far behind the front lines, and that front line can move very, very fast. Coming up, family members missing. Hamas kidnapped hundreds of people. We don't know the exact number. Among them, roughly 40 to 50 small kids, little kids, as young as one years old, two years old, five years old. When the Christian Outlook continues in just a moment, stay with us. As the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy celebrates our 25th anniversary year, please watch our new promotional video based on Ronald Reagan's 1976 radio address, Shaping the World for 100 Years to Come, on our Pepperdine SPP YouTube channel. And if you know someone who's thinking about graduate school this fall, we welcome applications at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. That's publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Welcome back to The Christian Outlook. I'm Scott Furrow. I mentioned just a few minutes ago that this conflict is not like earlier conflicts in the region. One aspect of that is the number of hostages. The exact numbers are not clear, but upwards of 100 are believed to be held captive, including nearly 20 Americans. 
Elad Levy is one of many Israelis wondering if their loved one is dead or is among those captives. Levy is in Israel and joined by my colleague on AM570, The Mission in New York City. Let's talk about your nephew. When was the last time that you knew he was uh, safe? Have you heard anything updated sure. about his situation? What's going on? Sure. So it is my niece. Uh, it's a she. Sorry. Her name is Ronnie. Uh, that's okay. Uh, Ronnie, and she's a 19-years-old uh, teenager. She's been in the military service. It's a mandatory service for uh, a little bit more than a year. And she served in uh, Gaza in a camp uh, on the border of Gaza. Last time we heard from her, it was uh, around 9.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. Uh, the attacks on her base started probably, you know, before that. And the message that we got, it's actually she sent a text message to her mother with the following, hi, mom, I'm okay, I'm busy, I love you. And that's the last message that we heard from her. And it's been, uh, so that's since Saturday morning, so all these days since. Elad, give me a, a lay of the land that we know that there are more than a thousand casualties that have been counted now. Is it your understanding that most of the victims have been identified? Or are they still discovering uh, bodies and atrocities? I, I don't think that uh, most of the, the bodies were discovered. I heard some estimates that the number is going to double by the end when everything, and maybe a little bit more than that. I think so we're talking you're, you're anticipating between two and 3,000 victims total? Yes. I would which, say roughly speaking, yes. Um, Eli, let's talk about what's the frame of mind of the country right now. What are you and your fellow Israelis thinking, praying, hoping for, asking the world to understand? I would say, look, we, we, we are hurt. Families like us, like I said, there are you know, 2,000 families which were hurt, were devastated. But at the same time, we're resilient. We're all determined to finish it off. We have all the support to our military forces and to the government to go and strike Hamas and wipe them out. What we expect to happen, if you ask me, there are two things that we expect from the world. This is what I, what I said is my expectations for the government and from the Israeli forces and the Israeli people. In, in addition, we expect from the world, I think, to understand and act on two things. The first is the hostage uh, situation. People need to understand that Hamas kidnapped hundreds of people. We don't know the exact number. Among them, roughly 40 to 50 small kids, little kids, as young as one years old, two years old, five years old. Really, you know, infants, without their mothers and fathers, which they killed before that the kibbutz. They kidnapped old ladies, grandmothers, you know, ladies that are 80, 90 years old with medical conditions, with medical needs. They kidnapped scores of females, female soldiers and female civilians. Imagine what, you know, they're going to do to them. What we ask and demand from the international community, the UN, US, the EU, all the humanitarian organizations is to act and work immediately for the release of all the hostages unconditionally. No negotiations, no nothing. Nobody's going to negotiate with Hamas. Hamas is ISIS. So we need the world to act now. First, release the hostages immediately. That should be one position that all the world should unite around. Yeah. Uh, Elad, I'm very much aware that the international community 
even NATO, Turkey today threatening um, not only Prime Minister Netanyahu, but uh, some of the other uh, members of the ruling party right now in uh, Israel. I've read numbers of 300,000 military reservists and active duty being called up. Can you talk to us uh, at, at all from your vantage point as to uh, if there are more threats that they are expecting, if there are other borders that they are expecting those threats to cross, what what is the condition of the situation as you see it right now? No, absolutely. We're facing a few fronts here because, uh, you know, Gaza, everybody knows what's going on. But on the north, we have Hezbollah in Lebanon. And on the Syrian border, we do have, I would say, you can call it Hezbollah, you can call it, you know, Iranian proxies or all kinds of, you know, terrorist groups that are just waiting to attack us. There are a few hits back and forth between Israel and Hezbollah um, over the last three days. Kind of like, you know, it seems like a very slow cooking and escalating. And and this is, you know, obviously a huge threat. And if you want to add to that, we heard some, uh, you know, Iraqi forces, Iranians supported, obviously, the Houthis in Yemen, all kind of like, you know, um, let's say, threatening that they are going to join the fight and will send their, you know, all their ammunitions against Israel. So I, I definitely, there is a huge threat here. Do you know if there's any reaction by the Saudis or Dubai or Qatar or any of the Abraham Accord nations that you guys have been more friendly with in recent years? Has there been any response from any of those state uh, nations? I think we heard, uh, and I'm not sure, um, you know, statements against Hamas in the first couple of days. I think they do realize that uh, what Hamas has done, slaughtered, you know, Jews in Israel, they'll do the same thing for the people in the uh, in the Emirates, in Dubai, in Saudi, actually in Israel, actually, you know, they'll do to other Palestinians. And, you know, these guys are not human beings. This is yeah. exactly like ISIS. They're going to, you know, slaughter and kill and savagely anyone who's not them. Well, and that's the real challenge here, friends, is is you're watching the news. Keep this in mind. We're not dealing with rational actors. These are people that are driven by an ideology. They're driven by a very uh, strong sense of, I don't know how you describe it. It's it's almost like a demonic calling to uh, hurt these people uh, to the degree that they can. And all you have to know is if they're willing to hurt children and innocent women and older women, their intent is not good. These are not fair gains of uh, military targets. These are innocent civilians that have been targeted. And it's my belief that they took hostages to try to get prisoners free. Is that is that the thinking there in Israel as well? Look, it's a, that's what they say, but we don't believe them. I think that, you know, we don't know what they've done to the hostages. We don't know who's alive and who's not. Right. And, and we don't know who came in alive and, you know, and who's going to come back as dead. So right. th- these people are complete savages, bloodthirsty. Like you said, there is no ideology. There is no political motive here. It's, you know, one, what they've done was for one purpose and one purpose only. Heal and slaughter Jews. Coming up, a biblical perspective. Government was not told to love your enemies. We are told to do that when the Christian Outlook returns in a moment. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata with Johnny and Friends. Did you know that more than 80 million Americans daily depend on AM radio for conversations, news, weather reports, and emergency information? Well, a new bill in Congress would ensure AM radio remains in cars. 
because when cell and internet services are down, this free service could be your only access to vital communication. Visit DependOnAM.com to learn how to make your voice heard. At Lowe's, we know that first responders deserve our thanks. We're grateful for the first responders who keep our homes and families safe. To show our thanks, Lowe's invites eligible first responders to register for an exclusive set of coupons. Plus, check out this month's store events and shop fire safety products. Visit us in-store or online today. Lowe's knows home improvement. Terms, exclusions, and restrictions apply. Visit Lowe's.com slash first responders to get more info and register now. Welcome back to the Christian Outlook. I'm Scott Furrow. I wouldn't be at all surprised if the conflict unfolding in Israel makes you uncomfortable. I wouldn't be surprised either if you're wrestling with how you ought to understand the war itself in light of the full counsel of God, both the Old and New Testaments. Here's Bob Burney from The Word, WRFD in Columbus, Ohio. The Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, were not given to government. Government was not told to turn the other cheek. Government was not told to love your enemies. We are told to do that. You and I do not have the biblical right to execute vengeance on anybody. That is for God, and God has given that responsibility to civil government. But it's not ours. Let me read what God says concerning civil government's response to evil, which is what Hamas is. Let every soul, this is Romans 13, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. There is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever resists, therefore, the power resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he... This is civil government. Listen to this. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he, civil government, is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That is where Israel finds himself today. They are executing wrath on those that do evil. Israel has a right to defend themselves. Israel has a right to the land of Israel. God said that. And they have a biblical mandate to execute vengeance upon those that do evil. But but if they execute vengeance on the people who have attacked them unjustly, Innocent people might die. Yes, sad, sad, tragic. Yes, that is true. When evil people are in charge, innocent lives are lost and suffer. It is tragic that any innocent Palestinian would be killed. Terribly tragic. But Israel must send an absolutely clear message. You will not attack us again, ever. And if you do, you will pay the price. That is a thoroughly biblical response. That concludes our program today. 
Let me encourage you to join me in praying for the peace of Jerusalem and praying for the nation of Israel. If you enjoyed our program, please mention it to a friend. You can find this episode at ChristianOutlook.com. While you're there, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Our program has been brought to you in part through our partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. For executive producer Russell Shubin and producers David Pushan and Wilbert Flores, I'm Scott Furrow. Join us again next time for The Christian Outlook. So she ran away in a Hi, this is Gail from Navy Federal Credit Union. How can I help you? Hey, Gail. I'm looking for a credit card that's good for a busy lifestyle. I've got the hookup. You can earn three times the points on dining and two times on fuel with our Go Rewards card. I-Y-K-Y-K. Do you mean if you know you know? Is that what that means? We totally get it. Finance, that is. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.